on the show, whatever your passion is, you can turn it into an online business. Debbie Knudsen, online marketing strategist, will give you her secret tips. Plus, if you're one of the many families who's thinking about planning for college right now, why experts encourage you to steer away from Parent Plus loans. We'll explain in No Dumb Questions. And my favorite part of the show, we'll grab a chair and take a seat at the kids' table, helping you teach your kids the money lessons they're not learning in school. Today, we ask the little ones what a loan is. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm sure there's a million things that command your attention every day. So it's good, though, that you are setting time aside, making time to have a good understanding of what's going on. You deserve to be in a a good spot financially. And I can't stress it enough. It really doesn't matter how much money you earn. It's all about your strategy that will give you peace of mind and the feeling of security that everything is going to be okay. Before we learn about the secrets to an online business, let's kick things off with No Dumb Questions. CFP at the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management, Erica Cummings, is here. Hi, Erica. Hello. How are you? Good. Okay. If there's one thing that confuses people most, it's probably how to pay for college, right? Because the tuition loan paperwork itself is anything but clearly spelled out. Um, Yes. Let's talk specifically about Parents Plus Loan, because some experts say, hey, try to steer far away from that. So obviously our children are our most prized possessions and we are incredibly dedicated to their future and we want them to have, you know, this amazing life. And a lot of times we are quick to make decisions for their secondary education because we think, you know, whatever college they go to, whatever they do is going to definitely dictate their, their future down the road. And so we're constantly looking for ways to, to be able to find funding for them to get the best education. When students go and they look for their loans, they go directly to, oftentimes, to Direct Plus loans with the government. So they have their own direct loans. Direct Parent Plus loan are basically the same type of thing. It's a federal loan. Some of the biggest issues with the Parent Plus loans that we run into is the interest rates are higher. Right now, for example, in a very low interest rate environment, the loans that are being dispersed on or after July 1st of this year are at 5.30. So that's that's a pretty high rate uh, that's locked in. So sometimes we ask parents to possibly look at other avenues. Also see, have you exhausted every single way that your child can get access to funding? Because typically your direct loans to the children, grants, any type of scholarships, there's all types of ways that you can try to find funding out there that doesn't have to result in these higher interest rate loans. But let's say this is this is the route you have to go. Uh, basically, you can borrow the maximum amount is the cost of the attendance at the school minus any financial assistance your child is receiving. You have to make payments after the child um, is enrolled at least half time or an additional six months after your child graduates. So this, though, a Parents Plus loan, because I do have a good friend that was like, I was a little bit confused by all the jargon they were throwing at me, and I just felt too embarrassed to speak up, which is exactly why we do No Dub Questions. And she got stuck with this loan and then discovered, oh, wait a minute, this is all on me. So this is her credit. This is the parents' credit. Okay. Her credit, her loan. And this is why 
now we all hope that our kids follow the exact trajectory that we had planned and they're going to finish their education in four years and they're going to graduate with the degree that they originally started with and everything's going to work out perfectly and it's a great investment but we know that about 25 to 30 percent of kids actually change schools within the first year so a lot can change with whatever their future holds you're locked in to whatever those changes are when it comes to a parent plus loan. Mm. It is a hundred percent. And really hopefully regardless of whether or not it was the right decision, you're making those payments. So it doesn't affect your credit, but you have to keep in mind that this is like a student loan. It, you cannot bankrupt it away. So much like we've talked about in the past, you cannot file for bankruptcy and make this loan go away. It stays with you. So it's something you want to, I would say do, as a last resort, if you can possibly find other ways, okay. because ultimately you are going to be responsible for this and it may affect what, and we've talked about this before, your, your credit score and the things that it affects that people don't even think about, their electric bills, their ability to get good insurance, all of this stuff can now be tied to your credit score. So this is yet another thing that you're going to be putting on your credit history that could adversely affect it. The one thing I can say right now is that parents are experiencing the same type of student loan relief. So they are suspended right now without interest until December 31st, just like direct loans are. And there's no collection activities for now. So between now and December 31st, it's zero interest. And there's no requirement actually for payment right now. So if you do have a direct loan as a parent, now should be the time for you to be paying more if you can. Okay. because it is zero interest. But yeah, these are those things where it's there for you, but you really want to be, uh, you know, really careful yeah. about taking on this type of debt. Yeah. Okay. Erica, how can we, uh, if we need to learn more about this, ask you more questions about it, or just reach out to you for any other financial advice, how can we find you? You can find us at theharmonyfinancialwellness.com. We're also on Facebook by the same name. You can always reach out to me at erica.cummings at rbc.com. And as I've said before, our podcast should be starting next month. Awesome. All right. We'll be looking out for it. Thanks, Erica. Have a great weekend. What are you an expert at? What is your passion? Actionable tips to turn your passion into an online business. Debbie Knudsen joins us next. Award-winning opera singer turned online marketing strategist, founder of Booking Faces, Debbie Nudson is on with us. How are you, Debbie? I am doing very well, thank you. How are you? Oh my gosh, all the way from Norway. Yes, and in fact, it's getting to be quite cold here. We're going into the winter, and I can imagine we will be getting a lot of snow very soon. But yes. I guess you're in Rochester, so you're very, very familiar with those <laughs> kinds of weather conditions. A little too familiar with snow, yeah. So now, what's the vibe, before we get into this and your, your secret tips to online marketing, what's the vibe there with COVID in Norway? It's pretty relaxed here. I think, uh, I have to say, you know, it's a, it's a, a large area of country, not as vast as the United States, of course, but the population is quite a bit less. I mean, I think we have, what, maybe 6 million people in the population here. Okay. So, you know, when you compare that to Manhattan, which is what, 8 yeah. million, you know, it's, it's quite a lot smaller. So people are, are careful and they listen to the suggestions of the government here, but um, people aren't 
as worried as what I see on the news when I see what's going on in the United States. So my heart yeah. goes very much out to to people there. Yeah, it's a little crazy here. Not a good representation of our country right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still have parents in the United States and I have a daughter that's in the United States. Oh, so. do you? Whereabouts? Yes, I do. They're, my parents are in Washington, D.C., so okay. they're Washingtonians, which is where I am originally from. And my daughter is living in Florida. So two hot spots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so you know it very well. Okay. Yes. What led you to Norway? I met my Norwegian Viking husband oh. in college. He was studying tele uh, television communications, and I was studying opera in the Midwest, actually, so in uh, at Indiana University. And okay. that's where we met. And just my career was a very kind of international. Um, so I thought, well, I'll move on over to Europe. Of course, Norway is quite north in Europe. So I was really thinking I was going to be more sort of on the continent. It's, yeah, <laughs> not quite there. It's, it's, a, it's a long boat trip to the mainland. Okay, so now how do we move from an award-winning opera singer to now online marketing strategist? Well, you know, funny enough, I don't sound exactly like an opera singer. My voice is very hoarse. My voice has changed in the last year because I've dealt with some other challenges. But just generally, the, the opera world in Norway, at least when you, I've been with the Norwegian opera here in uh, Oslo, Norway for, oh, a long time. But they have a retirement situation in place that, well, they kind of put us into retirement much before uh, the rest of us feels like retiring. Mm. So um, at, I was had in my plans that I was going to be doing something else after my operatic career. And I kind of fell into the online world and all of the incredible, I, I guess you could say I found my digital voice in a way. Ah. Um, and, and it was right up my alley because marketing is, I mean, it's all about telling stories. It's all about uh, reaching people that need what it is that you have to tell them. So, you know, I did that from stage for so, so, so many years. And now wow. my guess, I guess the World Wide Web is, is my current stage. So um, it, although it maybe sounds very different, it actually is so similar in so many different ways. Now, when you said they force you, quote unquote, to retire a lot sooner than you're ready, what, right. what I mean, age is that? <laughs> I have to retire when I'm 56 oh, and I'm geez. 54 now. So I was, I'm, I was two years away from retirement anyway. So I was building up. Um, I was building up a, a business um, and well, the business kind of needed to be built up faster than I had planned because of, uh, because of other aspects going on in my life. I've been battling some health issues in the last year. So I felt really glad or I'm very happy actually that I had built up this online business before, before all of this other yeah. stuff came to pass. Yeah. How are you feeling today? I'm coming up, you know, on my first year's controls. And uh, so it's been uh, actually it's been less than a year since uh, since everything. But I'm feeling I'm feeling really great. You know, oh, I have to say that uh, it's it's kind of bizarre with everything going on with uh, with COVID. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I feel very fortunate that I got very good health care and um, and treatments here in Norway. And I'm feeling good. Good. So. Good. Okay. Well, we're pushing much love and lots of prayers your way. Um, Thank you. Now, 
because this is, and, and I've heard a lot of people say that, that this time especially is the time where people should make a change if they want to. This is the perfect time to push yourself to just go for it. So what advice would you give somebody who needs that little push? Because the online space, you see so many people jumping in on it, getting in on the action and being successful and making money. But how do you start Mm-hmm. I, you know, actually, you you really can. I, I don't. I do believe that there will continue to be ways that we communicate or ways that we do business. Uh, so I don't believe. I mean, I think what's happening with COVID, yes, is really affecting so many people in so many ways. And I don't mean to dismiss that. Yeah. But I do believe that there are still immense opportunities out there, especially in the online space. You see what's happening online. Everybody's exploding. People who never thought they would be doing business online yeah. or doing things online are now creating uh, creating new lines of business in a way because people have to facilitate how things have, how the world has changed. So I, when it comes to online, you know, at least what I've experienced is that it's one of the easiest ways to build a business because the startup costs are very little and just the the costs that you need on a monthly basis in the online space are much less than say a brick and mortar type of situation Mm. so and it's as simple really as i mean everybody's an expert at something right you know if people are wondering well how would i even do this what would i even do online well i think it's pretty much identifying well, what is it that you have to offer? What what are you an expert at? And then matching up your expertise with the people that need it. There's always people out there that need somebody's advice or, or expertise. And so it's a matter of just figuring out what that is and then matching it to the people. Did you ever deal with imposter syndrome? Because there's probably some people who are thinking, am I an expert? I don't know what qualifies to be an expert. Did you ever suffer from that too or no? Oh my goodness. Yes. You definitely have to block out everything. Well, not everything, but a lot of what's going on online, because if you look at what everybody else is doing, it is so easy to get overwhelmed. It's yeah. so easy to say, well, why, why should people listen to yeah. me? I mean, who am I? So you got to just have a good balance of looking to people that you, that you emulate or admire, and then just kind of like not look at everything everybody's doing because if you do that if you do that you just get overwhelmed and i think that everybody has their own special way of doing what they do so if people are just themselves and and real raw and honest about it then i then there's i think there's room for everybody to express themselves so at least that's what i see going on in the online space what i've experienced myself in the online space, because, you know, I came from having a degree in opera, which is not a very marketable skill. I mean, well, education, if I, I'm going to be anything but an opera singer, mm-hmm. but yet that expertise that I had from before, I've been able to rework into something that is marketable online. So I really believe that if you, if you want it hard enough and you really kind of be a little creative and and if you're not sure what to do ask people for help then um then really there are huge possibilities out there people are losing their jobs so people should just create new ones and 
it is such a big space, though. You know, so how do you cut through? Because like you said, there's so many people there selling what you're quote unquote selling. How do you cut through? What are your little secret tips you give your clients? Well, you know, basically everybody is selling the same thing. You know, a shoe is a shoe. An apple is an apple. So you got to you got to kind of find a way. How do I present this shoe or this apple? And these are terrible examples. You have to excuse me. It's just kind of what came up in in the top of my mind. But how is how is that offer that you've got mm-hmm. um, presented? You know, presented in the way that that it's new and fresh and different, so that people you know go, oh, that sounds interesting, even though it's really just a shoe or a piece of fruit. So I think I think it's all about uh, the messaging. It's all about the messaging that you put out there. Okay, now where though? Because there are so many options, and I know that it's so important. Well, now I don't know. You tell me if this is if this is valid or not. So important to be almost everywhere. So because you know, if you're on Instagram, there's a touch point there. If you're on Facebook, there's another touch point. LinkedIn, another touch point. But that's a full time job in itself. Yes, you got it. But you know what? There's ways of doing this without having to be an influencer. You know, a lot of people go the route of becoming very visible, uh, of really using social media in a visible way. But there are ways also for those that don't want to plaster their life all over the internet. There are ways to work online in a more invisible way, you know? So, um, I mean, it's hard to go into exactly how to do this, but there's different strategies. So, you know, if you're the kind of person that likes to be out there and be visible, that is one route to go. And if you're a person that likes to be more private, then there is another route to go. It all is a matter of how you then choose what avenue of marketing you're going to do to get your services or product or business in front of the people that are going to be interested in engaging with you. Now, I know it it probably there are so many examples that you can give us, but let's just do one piece of advice. If you had two clients sitting in front of you, one is the person who wants to be everywhere, doesn't mind, um, you know, their life is an open book. And then the other person is more reserved and quiet, but yet wants to make an impact as well. What advice would you give them? Okay, well, for the person that that has no problem getting out there, then social media is a, a fantastic avenue to network, to make connections with people. It's very time consuming. It's called, it's something called organic marketing. It can be very, very time consuming because you have to be out there um, engaging with people. And as you say, it's a full-time job and, you know, yes, you can hire people to do it for you, but um, generally, I mean, there's a lot that you have to do yourself. So um, that could be a good option for somebody that has little or no budget, for instance, in, in getting a, a business started and, and they don't have the, the ability to, to invest a lot in their business, but yet they have, they have the time and they have no problem with, with being visible, then that would be the, the route that I would suggest. Now, on the other hand, you describe somebody who was more of sort of not necessarily an introvert, but somebody that just kind of wanted to keep their life private. If that's the case, there's lots of ways that you can still use social media, but in a more private way. Um, you know, my specialty or what the way I've built my business personally is on um, is on social media, is on Facebook and Instagram and um, and LinkedIn. And I've used kind of a, uh, a hybrid model 
between being visible and being invisible. So I don't like to plaster myself all over the way, all over the place, mm-hmm. but yet I don't have a problem engaging with people and posting and doing things like that. But so for the people that don't want to do all of that visual stuff, if they have a budget and a system set into place for doing paid advertising and social media, then you can almost earn a residual income in a completely invisible way. And I know this because although I don't have problem, you know, being in front of people, when I got sick, I really had to take some time out of my business because I was in the hospital and I was really not in a state where I could be engaging with people. Yeah. Uh, But yet I had set up a system that was kind of running on an invisible way, maybe, I guess you could put it. And yet, and that was actually one of my most um, uh, lucrative months in my business. So I had some really good profits in in, in that month. So you really can decide. I mean, there's so many options for people who are interested in going in on to the online space and build a business there. It doesn't, even if you're using social media, you do not have to establish yourself as an influencer and be all over the place. And I think that's maybe a myth that a lot of people kind of feel like, oh, well, if I do it, then I have to do Facebook lives and I have to do uh, posting all the time. And, and, you know, that, that kind of stuff will help certainly, but it does not define whether you can successfully work online or not. And it's the insecurity of doing it wrong. I don't know about everybody else listening right now, but I have those moments of insecurity. I mean, I work in uh, morning radio. That is my main job, but I also do this podcast. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of interacting. There's a lot of social media. And, you know, right when I think I'm doing it awesome, everything is right, then I'm looking at other people's Instagram, for example, and I'm like, oh, God, mine's a disaster. And then my 16-year-old reinforces my insecurity saying, yeah, Ma, you're doing that all wrong. You just kind of abort mission, and now you're stuck again. So would you say just go for it, just ignore all the noise, and just just do it? I totally recommend that. Ignore the noise and just do it. I mean, I believe that everybody has something valid they can share with other people. And it's a matter of matching that with the people that need it and want it. So, I mean, you can see some things that you would never believe would be a viable business going online. You know, even as as detailed as a specific niche, people... People are out there buying all sorts of interesting things. It's amazing so. that the money is out there. Once you think it's, you know, saturated, it's like, no, there's plenty of room for everybody, like you said earlier. And yeah, it's, I don't know how, but there's plenty of money to go around too, because everybody appears to be making money from it. I don't know either. And even in Corona times, a lot of my colleagues are, are doing very, very well in the online space. And I, you know, there is... There will always be a flow of money. Yeah. There will always be a flow of money. We just got to get, if you're in business, you got to find out a way to get into that flow of money. But money flow just will never dry up. Yeah. It just just kind of changes its course. Okay. So now we always try to get people to get to that spot where they feel comfortable and secure. I think you would agree with this. It doesn't matter how much money you earn. It's just feeling comfortable with what you have, right? What is your smart money strategy that gives you peace of mind? Well, I think the first thing is to really understand what your finances are. Because there, 
you know, if you don't have a profitable business, you could be making a lot of money in your business if, if you start a business. But unless you are making a profit, it, you know, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you can be making a lot of money, but if it's, if there's holes in where, where the money is going and you're not sure about how and why, then you're going to always be enslaved, I think, mm. to your business. And then you've just kind of created yourself a job instead of sort of a freedom or a lifestyle. So I would say that even though you might think, well, it might cost me money to invest in getting somebody that can help me with my finances. That is the one thing that I can say. I'm very, very happy that I decided at some point to say, hmm, I'm going to talk to an expert about how I can, I can work my finances better. And what's happened is that whatever I invested in that, in that advice has 10 times or more uh, been a return. And when so, we were going um, back and forth on LinkedIn, you mentioned the importance of passive income and how much that helped you, um, especially during the time when you were when you were sick. It was so. It's always good, I think, um, especially in an online business, to have some kind of passive income stream set up, as well as as well as other kinds of uh, income coming in. But when you have a passive income stream coming in, then you know, then you can count on that money coming in from month to month to month, as opposed to needing to do, I mean, I sell services. So uh, that my product is services. So instead of having to sell a service to a new customer or client every month, I can have a passive income of having uh, clients on sort of like a retainer basis. Mm. And that way you always know that you've got money coming in because yeah, passive income is great. Um, okay. So how can we find you and follow you, Debbie? <laughs> well, you don't have to fly to Norway. That's for sure. Because <laughs> I am on the World Wide web, but, uh, I, you can find me at bookingfaces.com. It's a funny name. I know, but it came, it came out of the fact that I was, um, a long time ago working with people in the health and beauty industry. So many people were working doing makeovers and things like that on people's faces. So that's where the birth of that name came from. But yep, you can find me online. And, and of course, anybody who's interested in exploring more possibilities, I'd be more than happy to, to talk to people and give, give them some, some uh, direction or maybe some advice that they would like to take awesome. or not. Oh. <laughs> awesome, Debbie. Thank you so much for your time. And we wish you the best. You are very welcome. It was really lovely to talk to you. And you have, speaking of voice, I'm a voice person, right? So you just have a fantastic radio voice. I really love it. Yeah, you had to say radio voice because I am not a singer. (laughs) You could probably (laughs) already pick up on that. (laughs) No, never say never, but... It was a pleasure to talk to you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I you suppose. too. It's almost the end of the show, which means my favorite part. Grab a chair. We're going to take a seat at the kids table asking the little ones what they think alone is right after this. At the kids table, our money expert, our go-to money expert, CEO of Money Savvy Generation, Susan Beecham, is here. How are you, Susan? I am well, Sandy. Today's topic is borrowing money, taking out a loan. 
Before we get to your advice, Susan, how we can start that conversation and teach the valuable lessons that they're not learning in school, we ask the little ones what they think a loan is. When you have to take money from the bank, but eventually you have to pay it back. A loan is some money that you take out from the bank and you have to pay it off. And if you don't pay it off in time, they just keep adding a certain amount of, like, a percentage of money to it. It's like when you don't have anything to do and, like, no one wants to play with you and you're, like, so sad. How about if you think about money? What does it have to do with money? When you ask for a loan, do you know what that means? No. I don't know what a loan is. <laughs> Makes me want to call her for a play date, you know? <laughs> I know, so cute. All right, let's start with the right language. How do we bring it up? So what, what is a loan? Sometimes when people don't have enough money to buy an item, they borrow money from a bank or a credit union. M many people, kids will realize because they've heard conversations at the kitchen table, many people do this when they buy a house, right? They get a mortgage. That borrowed money is what we call a loan. You have to pay the loan back. Sometimes it's a little at a time every month and the bank or the credit union will charge you money, interest for lending you the money. So have you ever heard the phrase, don't borrow trouble? It doesn't say notice, it doesn't say don't borrow. It says don't borrow trouble. So let's talk about what that trouble means. So getting a loan or borrowing money for things that increase in value, potentially like a house, good loan. A house can increase in value, so the loan is a good loan. What about a college education? That can be a good loan because education pays. How? Well, people with college educations generally get jobs that pay more money than those with a high school degree. And people with a college education are also less likely to lose their jobs. So, the most common form of loan the kids see on a regular basis is a credit card. That's because we use our credit card in front of them. So this is a great opportunity to say to them, this is, this is a loan, but I must pay this loan back within what they call a grace period, 21 or 25 days, so before a month, so I don't get charged interest. So the Dow travel set that I am now about to put on my credit card costs $10. And if I pay this loan off within the amount of time I'm allowed, it'll still just cost me $10. But if I don't, it'll start to cost me more because the bank will be charging me money for lending me that money. And then all of a sudden, $10 becomes 12, becomes 15, becomes 20. So that's not how a smart spender uses credit or loans. And you know what? A lot of parents, when we first brought this up, you know, let's talk to the kids about loans. They're thinking, how? How are we going to bring up that topic? So as you're making your daily purchases, as you're moving through your own money life, if your child's standing next to you, talk to them about what you're doing. Yeah. It's just that simple. I feel like sometimes we're so rushed, our mind is thinking about, what are we going to do next? What do we need to do next that we kind of forget to seize those moments and use it as an opportunity? We forget that our children are always watching, maybe not listening, 
but they're always watching. Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> they will do what we do, not necessarily what we say. Yeah. So make sure your actions speak louder. Awesome. Susan, how can we follow you and find you and learn more? Listeners can follow me at my blog, which is susanbeecham.com, and they can also find Money Savvy Generations award-winning products and even some free resources, Sandy, at moneysavvy.com. Perfect. Have a great weekend. You too. There we go. Another show. So much good stuff. Let me know if there's a topic you want us to answer in No Dumb Questions, if there's a guest you want me to try to get on the show, or if you need help talking to the kids about money. This podcast is for you. Before we leave, today's Money Victory shout out goes to Sierra Stiller Sager. Paid off two credit cards, she said. Ugh. That feels incredible, I'm sure. Cheers to you, Sierra, and each and every single one of you who is proud to say that you're on your way to being a financially competent woman. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the 7 Figures Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 7 Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union.